Hey there, everybody. This is Chris. I just wanted to start this episode off with an extra spoiler warning. Uh, at about the 9.50, 9 minutes, 50 second mark of this episode, Jason and I start talking about the descriptions for the first two episodes of season 11 of The Walking Dead that's coming up later this summer. And these are official descriptions released by AMC, but after we talked about them it became clear that they felt a little bit more spoilery than I anticipated. So just wanted to drop that warning right here, uh, just in case anyone is especially sensitive to spoilers. So that starts at about the 9 minutes 50 second uh, point of the podcast, and actually goes for about 10 minutes we're talking about these episodes and descriptions. So uh, just know that going in. Otherwise, enjoy the episode. This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hey everybody, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, number 537, recorded on Tuesday, June 29th, 2021. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show, including you, Mr. Miles, who I feel like I've barely spoken to all week. It has been uh, rather light on the uh, the conversations we've had over the last week or so. It's weird. That's, That's unusual. It kind of is. Either one or both of us have been super busy. I think maybe that's the thing. It could be it. I've been relatively busy, but not extraordinarily busy. So I think it's your fault. It could be mine. Okay. Could be mine. Well... That's fine. I'll, I'll let it go this time, but sure. You know, call me more stay, next week. <laughs> yeah. Stay in touch. Okay, good. Uh, here we are, everyone. It's two weeks past the fear of the walking dead finale. So we don't have a new episode of the walking dead to talk about, but we do have some feedback from the fine listeners and also some walking dead news to cover. There's a bunch of things I want to bring up and chat about now that we're into the off season. So uh, how does all that sound to you? That sounds fantastic, Chris. Amazing. In that case, I think we should just jump straight into The Walking Dead News. Cool. The Walking Dead News. So item the first here is some casting news for World Beyond Season 2. You know, we sort of thought maybe that show for Season 2 would come back now during the break between fear and when uh, the Bane show returns, but that's not the case. Hmm. We don't know when it's coming back, but somebody by the name of Gisette Valentine was cast in season two. I think I'm pronouncing that right. It's V-A-L-E-N-T-I-N. Valentin. Valentine? Well, there's no E on the end, so. Well, it still could be. It, it still could be. I'm not sure. Now, I wasn't familiar with Gisette, but you might know her from one episode of Cobra Kai she did, if you've seen Cobra Kai. I have not. Uh, another TV show called Claws, uh, C-L-A-W-S, not like Santa Claus. And then she is in the upcoming Chris Pratt movie called The Tomorrow War, which... The Tomorrow War? I don't know that, I don't think anyone's seen that yet because it's not out, but she's going to be in that. So, um... Hasn't done a lot of stuff I am familiar with. I was not familiar with her work 
but she has been cast in World Beyond Season 2. And from BleedingCool.com, Corporal Diane Pierce is a smart, driven soldier who commands the respect of someone in a much higher position of authority. <laughs> that's the character description. Well, there it is. Yeah, so that's going to be someone with the, you know, the CRM probably who is reporting to the, one of the higher-ups, but it's a recurring role, so we're going to see a bunch of her on the show, it sounds like. Don't know if it's from episode number one or what, but if you're a fan of Gisette Valentine, you're in you're in luck. Or if you've already seen the future war. The Tomorrow War? The Tomorrow War, because that seems like a time travel movie. And it's got Chris Pratt. I'm kind of stuck on this Tomorrow War thing. I wanna kinda of, I wanna look it up and uh and see what it's all about. You know you know what that title tells me though? What does it tell you? It tells me that they're running out of names for things because that's a really shitty name for a movie. Yeah, maybe. Um, it's it's funny that it came up here because we had an Amazon package delivered just the other day, and mm -hmm. the box, the Amazon box, the cardboard box was printed with an ad for this movie. So, but they're doing that now. Yeah, I don't even know if it's an Amazon production or what, or if it's just purchased advertising. But yeah, the box, the outside of the box had a picture of Chris Pratt on it, and it said "The Tomorrow War." Or I think it was in French. It was La Guerre de Demain or something. <laughs> right. And uh, and there it was. And I'm like, that's weird. Advertising on the outside of my box. So as that box has traveled through the postal system or the courier system, whatever it was, all these people saw that and were like, huh, Chris Pratt. I know that guy. He's Star-Lord. And now he's in a new movie. Maybe I should go see that. I don't know if uh, putting advertising on Amazon, this is kind of a weird rat hole, but I don't know if putting advertising on Amazon boxes is pure genius or a sign of the upcoming apocalypse. It's just, it's it's the end of the world kind of thing, right? Where you start advertising on boxes. Because I guess you can't, nobody's going to stores anymore, right? So you can't walk around and see billboards. No. Or, you know, go into a mall and see ads for movies. So they got to put the advertising where the eyeballs are and everybody looks at Amazon boxes because that's what they order. Yeah. So that's, you know, pure genius. But what else, it, it, what else it, are they going to advertise on? It sounds like pure genius, but it's also one of those things that just makes me feel weird that the advertising is now on the box that is delivered to my house. Well, that's because we're over 30 now, Chris, and uh, anything that happens before uh, Just a the age of, yeah, before the age of uh, 30 is fine, but anything that happens after you've turned 30 is basically an affront to nature. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we're older than 30 now, so that's it. Our ways are set and uh, anything new is uh, resisted and raged against. Sure. All right. Well, I could be. I mean, I feel the rage sometimes. This was uh, an ad for a movie on my Amazon box. But in any case, if you're a Chris Pratt fan, big news. If you're a Gisette Valentine fan, big news for The Tomorrow War and for World Beyond Season 2. Nice. Now, speaking of World Beyond Season 2, uh, it's, it's weird time for this casting news to come out, I think, because roughly around the same time, they announced that Season 2 had wrapped filming. So some of the cast and crew started tweeting and Instagramming that they were done. And I mean, that's it. They've wrapped filming on the season. I guess they're still in post-production. Still no word when it'll be on the air, but we know that it's done and probably coming sometime this fall, I would think. 
That's the best I would, guess I have. Sure. Why not? Why not? Exactly. They're not going to do it in the summer, so fall is fine. No, but it could be, a. it just feels like it's going to be a busy fall for Walking Dead because we have the main show starting in August and that's going to run for eight weeks. We've got, they've already told us that Fear Season 7 will actually be coming sometime later this year. So that, I mean, that could change, I suppose, but now we have that happening this fall as well, potentially. Are they going to do World Beyond all at the same time? Feels like a lot. So I wonder if World Beyond is going to be pushed to spring next year, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Anyways, they'll let us know when they know, I suppose. Well, yeah, once they figure it out, they'll let us know. I mean, Gimple will give me a call and say, listen, I have the inside scoop for you. You want to announce this to the world? And I'll say, sure I do, Mr. Scott. And then I will. Yeah. So that's what, uh, that's what showrunners are doing now is they're calling their fans individually of their shows to let them know what's, what's happening. It's the new, new advertising. That's right. It'll, it's not even a robo call. It's just, it's Scott Gimple calling all the fans. Cause you know, let's face it. There are fewer of us now than there were before. That's true. So it's, if it's more feasible now than ever that he call everybody individually to, uh, to let them know what's happening. Or he'll just mail me a box that says the walking dead world <laughs> beyond season two premiering, you know, October 29, whatever, yeah. you know, nothing, nothing in the box, just the box. No, no, that's right. That's, that's <laughs> the way it's going to work. Perfect. Okay. Let's talk about season 11 of the walking dead a little bit. They have released the episode titles for the first eight episodes. And in fact, they've released long descriptions of episode one and two of season 11. So I'm going to go through that right now. Wow. Obviously, if you are super spoiler averse, maybe the titles of the episodes could be spoilers. Maybe the descriptions of the uh, first two you might consider spoilers, but it's public. It's out there. They want you to know this information. So if you don't want to hear it, skip ahead. But everyone else, let's go. Yeah, it's not like they're friends titles, right? Like the one where Joey finds a cat. You know, right. it's pretty descriptive of what is going to happen in that episode. So the episode titles of The Walking Dead are not as descriptive as, uh, you know, Friends episode titles. Uh, no. I don't, I, I don't think there is an episode where Joey finds a cat, but that's the kind of thing that they would, how they would title their uh, their episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, that sort of tells you what's going to happen. I mean, in Friends, if Joey finds a cat, that's the whole episode right there. Yeah. You know? All right, so... The Walking Dead, season 11, returning this August. Episode number one is called Acheron Part One. So Acheron, A-C-H-E-R-O-N. Any... Acheron? Acheron or Acheron? I, I don't know. That's a really good question. Um, it is, according to Google, there's a river which is located in northwestern Greece... I yeah. don't know if that's what they're referring to. It's, uh... Shit, if they moved the show to Greece, that'd be awesome. That would be like cool. all of a sudden they're in Greece, you know, time jump, space jump, uh, <laughs> you know, location jump. Uh, all of a sudden they're in Greece. Well, it comes... You know, 2,000 years ago. Fuck right. It. <laughs> it comes from Greek mythology, right? It was known as the River of Woe and was one of the five rivers of the Greek underworld. So that sounds kind of cool. Uh, is that like Achilles heel? If it's Greeks, then it's like Acheron maybe. Cause it's like Achilles heel. Okay. Yeah. Achilles, Acheron, maybe. Well, I mean, we're figuring this out in real time here. I, I don't know, but it's, let's say Acheron part one. Sure. And here is the description. 
Returning to Alexandria from a critical food mission, the group realizes it isn't enough. Maggie proposes a new plan, potentially a suicide mission. But what choice do they have? They must find more food for all their people in order to survive and efficiently rebuild Alexandria. If they don't, Alexandria falls, taking them down with it. Once on the road, a violent storm erupts, forcing them underground into a subway tunnel. As nerves fray and suspicions increase, chaos ensues. The terror is relentless as our people get a glimpse of what Maggie and her group endured prior to returning to Alexandria. Meanwhile, those captured by, a, by the strange soldiers are relocated to another undisclosed location. So a way longer description than usual and yeah very little, descriptive a little bit of a plot summary there i think yeah so shit that's that's the kind of thing where you that's not really a description to give somebody before they see the episode it's to remind them what happened in the episode that they, once they've already seen it so should i have been more worried about spoilers then before I read that? Well, it's pretty spoiler. I mean, it was very specific, right? You know, they they go on this mission, this uh, critical food mission, which I did today as well. I went to the grocery store to get popcorn chicken because we needed to have that for dinner. Uh-huh. So I came home from a critical food mission. But after that, I did not go on a suicide mission. But they go on a suicide mission. They end up in a train tunnel and nerves get frayed. And meanwhile, you don't usually see a meanwhile in a descriptor of a television episode. Meanwhile, uh, you know, other shit happens. They get moved to a new location with uh, additional soldiers named Steve and Rick. And then Rick <laughs> gets mad at Steve and Steve has, a, you know, it's, it seems a little much, but well, that's okay. I, I'm not sure it's quite as spoiler as we think, because there are th- sentences in there, as you said, nerves fray, suspicions increase, chaos ensues. Like that's not, that doesn't tell me anything. That's, that's just Tuesday on this show, you know? Yeah, but, you know, you get stuck in a subway tunnel with no lights. Uh, it's going to be very stressful down there. The terror is relentless. I mean, that's, you know, again, where it gets to be interesting is things like our people get a glimpse of what Maggie and her group endured prior to returning to Alexandria. Does that mean flashbacks? Does Maggie go through some traumatic experience in this tunnel, which brings up memories of what happened on the road or when she was in this other community? Like, who knows? But... Sounds like it. That sounds to me like the uh, subway tunnel is going to be somewhat of a birth canal where they'll have to get through the uh, the birthing process and then come out on the other side, uh, you know, go into the light and be happy and live your life. Yeah, maybe. And, and then we can move on. However, episode two is called Acheron Part Two. So it's a see. direct continuation. Now, tell me, should I read the description for this one? It's similar to the first one. In that it's long and descriptive. Spoilers ahead, but go ahead. Okay, Acheron Part 2. The group discovers a member did not make it to safety inside the subway car. (gasps) Maggie. Surrounded by walkers. going Subway car? Sorry, I'll let you finish and then I'll jump in. No, it says subway car. In the first description, it says subway tunnel. Yeah. So... Now they're taking refuge in a subway car, I guess. How are they driving it? I don't know. Well, that's the other thing. Like, subways are in cities, so they have moved into the city if they're taking refuge inside a subway system. But maybe that's why it's a suicide mission. They've gone to the city where there are a lot of walkers or something. I don't know. They've gone to the sewer city. (laughs) The sewer city. All right. The group discovers a member did not make it to safety inside the subway car. Surrounded by walkers, 
going back out into the tunnel to search is a guaranteed death wish. All eyes are on Negan as the rule of survival shifts. It is no longer no man left behind. The motto now is we keep going. With very little ammo and energy remaining, the group must ready themselves as the walkers have found a way inside the subway train. Meanwhile, Daryl is in his own intense, hellish situation, trying to find Dog and finding more than he expected. And Yumiko challenges the process at the Commonwealth outpost, which threatens her future and that of Eugene, Ezekiel, and Princess. All right, I'm going to put a larger spoiler warning at the beginning of this whole podcast because I should have read these in more detail before I just started blurting things out here in the middle of the show. There's a lot there. (laughs) There is. And there's a word there that I don't think I've ever used on this podcast because comic readers will know exactly what it means. And uh, I've never talked about it because for that reason, because I felt like it was a big spoiler because it's clearly where the show is going, but I didn't want to spread that out there for for listeners so subway no that's not it if I, i'm not Car? gonna say it again if you don't already know engine <laughs> <No>. <laughs> meanwhile actually meanwhile <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh yeah so you will have heard it by now but i'm gonna record a bigger spoiler warning for the beginning of this episode anyways uh any other thoughts on any of that jason well, it's like you said, it's not like this is information that's coming from alternate sources, right? This is released by AMC and Scott Gimple and the showrunners, uh, you know, to the public for their information. This is not, uh, you know, so yes, it's a spoiler, it sounds like, but it's not, uh, you know, spoilers uh, that are going against what the wishes of the show. Correct. Correct. They, they put this out there. So they, they want us to know. I understand though, if, if you don't want to know, that is a personal decision that I have stepped all over here just by reading it out loud. So I, yeah. I apologize for that, but, uh. So it makes me wonder how they're going to uh, deal with the subway car, because if they didn't make it out of the subway car to safety, or if they have to go back into the tunnels from the subway car, it makes me wonder if that subway train is moving at all. And, you know, a moving subway train requires a lot of infrastructure. Uh, There's no way it's moving. It's just there, stuck. They have, have you ever been down in the subway in Toronto, uh, you know, right around when the subway closes? I'm I'm smirking because, of course, uh, you know, we've all been to bars and we've all got (laughs) taken the last subway train home from the bar. Sure. Not for a while, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Have you ever seen the maintenance subway go by? Yep. I've seen that. It's fucking diesel. Right. When that sucker goes by and there's, you know, the diesel diesel engine chugging that thing along, spewing out smoke and it goes through this fucking train tunnel or train station. Uh, all of a sudden you smell like there's no place for those diesel fumes to go. You're in a goddamn subway tunnel. So it's crazy that they have a diesel powered subway car, but something like that exists. So maybe uh, they go down into the subway and, and find one that runs not on the electrical uh, electrical grid, but on some kind of fossil fuel. And we just finished watching a show where there was a diesel-powered nuclear submarine. Uh, so why couldn't, and if that was yeah. running, why can't they have a diesel-powered subway train that's actually running? 
ain't no reason. Or, uh, you know, maybe solid rocket boosters on that thing. You know, <laughs> why the hell not? We know that those exist in this universe. So strap them on. Let's go. Let's get this thing on the road. I mean, that, that sounds like a Fear the Walking Dead thing, not a Walking Dead thing. <laughs> yeah, they got, a, they got planes and... Uh, yeah, been beer balloons reality. and all kinds of ridiculous stuff. So. Oh yeah, the balloon. Okay, it's fun stuff. So that's the first two episodes. The, the 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 next six I don't have descriptions for, so uh, I feel better. But episode three is called Hunted. Episode four is Rendition. Number five is called Out of the Ashes. Number six on the inside. Number seven is called Promises Broken. And season 11, episode 8, is called For Blood. So, Promises Broken for Blood is the last two. I don't, there you I, go. I don't know if they go together, but there you go. All right, that is what we, we know about season 11 so far. And uh, it's coming up soon, so get ready. Mm-hmm. Continuing on with the season 11 information. That, you know how every other year, Jason, they've had San Diego Comic-Con in the summer, and that is between seasons of the show, so they've always released a trailer. Yep. Well, they're doing that again this year. Which, All right. Which is fun. That means that there will be a trailer for season 11 released during San Diego Comic-Con at Home, which is, of course, their online-only version of the show, which they did last year, and they're doing again this year. The Comic-Con runs for just a few days from July 23rd to 25th. So in about three weeks from now, as we record this, which is cool. And just incidentally, they do, according to their website, plan to return to live events next summer, um, but not this year. Anyways, Angela Kang officially confirmed on Twitter that there will be a trailer for season 11 released at some point during the show. So you know what that means. You and I get to watch that trailer, go through it with a fine tooth comb and do a podcast on it. Mm-hmm. sometime in the days after it is available to us so if you yeah. were wondering everyone it's definitely coming and san diego comic-con is happening july 23rd to 25th all online just like it did last year yeah we will find the lice yes we will because that's what you could use a fine-tooth comb for right it's getting the lice out i guess it's one of the things and you know i have two girls we had more than one encounter with lice in this family so you have a fine tooth comb lying around. That's good. I do. It's, I mean, it's specifically called the lice comb, but yeah, it is a fine tooth comb. My wife became very good at clearing lice from children's hair. I know it's right. gross, but you do what you got to do. That's fine. It's in our, uh, it's in our genetic background, finding bugs in loved ones' hairs. And eating it's, them. And yeah, well, not necessarily. You don't have to, but you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's ingrained. It's, you know, it's a low level skill. Uh, or a an old Nam Shub, a very old one. There you so, go. So, uh, you know, it's all, it's we have genetic memory. It's fine. Yes, we do. Uh, one other thing I noticed while on the San Diego Comic-Con site is that even though they're doing the virtual one this July, they've planned for what they're calling a smaller supplemental event in November called Comic-Con Special Edition, <laughs> which sounds right. very comic-y, of course. Uh, and that's going to be November 26th to 28th. 2021 and it will actually be a in-person event somewhere so they said there were more details forthcoming on that um but i don't know if you're interested but if you are then that might be something that you can go to first time in a couple of years that comic-con will have a real event 
Yeah. And because of uh, COVID restrictions, they're not going to announce it ahead of time where it's going to be. Right. It's just be, you know, okay, we're out there. Come find us. So that there's not too many people showing up. <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. It's like, yeah, it's happening. Um, someone figure it out. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> By the time Go the whole and, country knows, it'll be over. Yeah. It's a, it's a secret, it's a secret con. Ooh. Comic, comma secret con. I think there is a comic con called secret con. I don't know if there's not, we should start one. It's a good name. We should. Yeah, it is. All right. So we're looking forward to that trailer and we will have to figure out when to podcast about that, but shortly after it's released. I always look forward to doing those trailers. The most mm. fun part is going through it, trying to figure it out and just getting it all wrong once we see the season later yeah. on, you know? Yeah. It's not like it's a movie trailer where they just show you everything. You know, it's, it's actually difficult to put it together what's going on in, a, in, in these trailers. Yeah. Creative editing, sort of misleading you a little bit. I like it. It's fun. Yeah. I've now officially decided that I'm avoiding movie trailers. Really? All full stop? Nothing. Full stop. I will not watch a movie trailer unless uh, it is a confirmed teaser trailer. Like I want a trailer that doesn't have anything to do with the movie. Like mm. the first, you remember, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, when the Simpsons movie came out, a year before the Simpsons movie came out, the trailer was just the word, the Simpsons movie. So it was more of an it. announcement than anything. Yeah. It was just a teaser trailer, right? It's like, holy shit, they're making a movie. This was, you know, back in the, when the hell was that? That was like 2004. When was the Simpsons movie? <sighs> 2004. Not that long ago. It was a while Still. though. Yeah. I'm looking it up. Anyway, I, that's the only kind of trailer I want to see is something to just get me hyped. I don't want to know, like, you don't have to convince me to see a movie. Either I'm going to see it or I don't care about it. Right. I think I'm at, I'm at the point in my life where I can not see a movie and that's fine. Even if it's an important movie. Well, but there's plenty of movies that you, you wouldn't know about if it weren't for trailers, but the ones you, the ones you know about, you're going to know about. I get that, right? The Marvel movies. I don't movies. know if that's true. 2007. Good Lord. Oh my God. Um, it was a long time ago. Uh, well, no, it was more recent than I thought. I thought it was older than that. Oh. But, uh, I don't know. Usually I find out about movies. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, what I was going to say. Even if it's after the fact. Well, that's okay too. But I was going to, I was, I mean, you're going to know about the Marvel stuff, the, the Star Wars movies, all those things, you know, you're just going to know because they're everywhere, but there could be things that, that you don't see coming that you might need a trailer to help with, but that's fine. I, I totally get the not watching trailers. I have a hard time doing it because I just get caught up in the excitement and I want to see it, but going in blind to something would be, I think, a better experience overall. I've had good experiences with it. I've had even, and even watching the trailer doesn't guarantee anything because, mm -hmm. uh, the, you know, they make trailers out to be one thing when the movies come something, the tone is different than it actually was, uh, the trailer told you it was going to be. Yeah. Like the, and, and then they, then they recut those movies, those movie trailers like shining to make it a romantic comedy. Oh, I've seen those. That's yeah. Funny. So, you I mean, you can do whatever you want with a trailer. You could change the whole tone of a movie, uh, with a, you know, re-editing a trailer or re-editing, uh, what footage you have. Yeah. Uh, so trailers don't tell you necessarily what you're going to see. It just gives you a bunch of bullshit in order to get your stupid sweaty ass into a seat. And, uh, <laughs> Gross. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to sit in the seat after your stupid sweaty ass was in it. 
I, uh, you know, I think I might be done going to public things. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to going to see a mo- real movie again someday, but we're not quite I'm, there yet. I'm perfectly happy paying an exorbitant fee to watch a new release movie on my own damn couch. Oh, it's going to happen next week when uh, Black Widow comes out on Disney Plus for $32 or whatever it is. We're, we're watching that opening night, 100%. I didn't even know that. So that's great. See, this is, I told you, you don't know movies are coming, man. You need to pay more attention. It's like no, the you, ninth. I, I got you. Oh, okay. He's me. Good. <laughs> You're um, my trailer, Chris. Well, I hate to tell you, but I'm going to make you watch the Walking Dead trailer. That's the one. No, you it's do. a TV trailer. That's fine. Oh, that's okay. fine. It's not a movie trailer. <laughs> and uh, I've already decided that any spoilers that come my way for the Walking Dead is fine. I've, uh, you know, I've accepted my lot in life in knowing things. It's part of the job. Walking Dead. It's part of the job. Yeah. So uh, that that's fine. Okay. Well, that's coming soon. I look forward to it. Let's move on here. Another news item. Clementine. You remember Clementine from the Telltale Walking Dead video games? I do. I do. I do. She is getting her own graphic novel. Nice. That is coming soon, actually. Apparently, it's going to be released on July the 7th. 2021 so about a week yeah. from now it's called clementine book one kind of yeah. implies that there could be more books but for now it's just the one and I is it going to retell the story from or is it going to pick up after because i haven't played the last game i don't know anything more about it so i i don't think it's going to retell the video game story but that's a really good question i, I can't say that for sure my assumption was it would be uh, it would be a new story involving her, but I don't know for sure. Well, now, now there's a barrier to entry, right? I can't read the comic unless I finish playing the video game. So now what? I don't read the comic because I'm, I'm not, there's no guarantee I'll be able to finish that video game or go back and play all the, uh, play the video game or finish the series. Well, here's the thing. I wanted to talk about this a little bit because I've recently restarted the video game. Like I've been playing the Telltale game again. It's all available on xbox game pass right now so if you pay for that you have access to all the the whole game and i was like you know what it's seven or eight years old at this point you and i played a bunch of it to talk about on the podcast back then but i haven't played Mm -hmm. it since and in fact there's a lot more of it than we ever got through do you remember how much of it you played like how there how many chapters of what seasons you got through no, I, there was definitely more than one season and probably more than two. Well, here's the thing. There are five chapters per season. And when yep. it was all said and done, there were five seasons. Holy shit. Now, I only played like two seasons, maybe three. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I only played two seasons. So that would be 10 chapters. And since I've started playing it again, I started at the beginning Uh, Chapter one, two, and three of season one, I remembered quite well. Like I, I could have told you the basics of the story through those three. Chapter four, it's weird. It's like I never played it. I mean, I know I did because it sort of started to come back to me as I was going through it this this time. But the beginning of it, I'm like, this this feels all new. I like, did I sleepwalk through this one? I don't remember. So was at the trailer park, right? No, so the first one is well. I don't want to spoil a video game. I'm now, just guessing. I know there was a bit at the trailer park. I have no idea where it was. Well, I really, would have been floored if I was right. Yeah, no. So really quick, like the first 
season is mostly in a uh, like a roadside motel and how they right. got there and stuff like that and the main character meeting Clementine for the first time um the second chapter they move into a farm that seems friendly at first you may remember yeah, yeah. where that goes I do the third chapter involves a train they get a train working and they travel to the coast they travel to savannah chapter 4 takes place in savannah and um what's going on there and then chapter five, which I've only just started, so I actually don't recall exactly what happens there, continues the Savannah story and um, leads to the, the big finale of the season. So right. I know I played all that. I'm pretty sure I played all of season two as well. But again, I don't, I don't remember things as well from here on in. It didn't have as much an impression on me as I guess the first three chapters of season one did. Well, there you go. But I wanted to bring it up because I'm really enjoying it. Like this is a this is actually a great game. And as we talked about way back when, it's not a high action game. It's more of a storytelling type of experience, right? Yeah, it's a choose your own adventure. It is. It's a exactly. And they're telling the story and they're making you make choices most of the time quickly within a time frame. And some of them are really difficult choices. Some of them involve Two people in peril. Who do you save? You know, and the and you want to save them both. Uh, some of them come down to, you know, it's Walking Dead, so there's always limbs being chopped off and stuff like that. You know, there are scenes where you have to do that kind of thing, make that decision. Somebody's in trouble. You have to, and you can't get to them. You have to make the decision on whether to like shoot them from afar or leave them to die to the zombies. Things like that. You know. It's a good game. I like it. I'm enjoying it quite a bit this second playthrough. I'm glad I restarted it. So if you've never played it before and you have Xbox Game Pass, now's a perfect time because it's all on there. You're paying for it anyways. But if not, and you're into it, you know, it's pretty cool. It's pretty fun. I, I recommend it. I think Telltale did a great job and everybody involved did a great job with this game. And I hope it continues because my plan is to play through all five seasons <laughs> and finish oh, it once, once and for all. Yeah. So, good stuff. Yeah, I mean, you liked it, I think, when you played it. I did, it. I did. Yeah. I'm not going to pick it up again. Well, it's I not going to happen. I know you're not. I know. But hey, you should consider it if you ever have, like, you know, 85 free hours or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> of course. If I get 85 free minutes in a row, I think... Uh, yeah, good luck. I'm not sure what would happen. <laughs> I'd probably just cry. <laughs> there's so much free time I don't know what to do with it <laughs> alright one more news item here and this is about a former cast member of The Walking Dead and you know Jason I don't usually report on stuff like this once people are gone from the show it's kind of it may be interesting to follow where their career goes a little bit and this person has been gone for quite some time now but I wanted to mention this just because it is a show that we watch, that we like, that we talked about here on the podcast, and a former Walking Dead cast member is joining this show. Oh. It is The Boys, season three, which they are currently filming in my and sort of your hometown of Toronto. Sault Ste. Marie. Yeah, not Sault Ste. Marie, <laughs> <laughs> but Toronto. And uh, you want to take a wild stab at who is joining The Boys season three? It's been a while since this person was on The Walking Dead. 
Stephen Yun? Nope. Wait, let me guess. Like, uh, yeah, longer than that. Longer than that. Yeah. Uh, well, of course, it's got to be uh, <sighs> Mr. Big Ears. What's... Uh, it's not him either. It's not, it's not Mr. Big Ears. No. It's not Shane. Okay. Um, Jeffrey DeMunn? Nope. Okay. That's <laughs> it. I got three guesses. That was it. Lori Holden. Lori Holden. Yeah. She is joining the boys season three, and I'm super excited for that. I haven't really, to be honest, I haven't heard too much about her since she was on The Walking Dead. She was on that show with Sawyer and uh, uh, the guy who played Sawyer on Lost, where aliens were there, and another guy that was on, the rabbi on Fear the Walking Dead was on that show as well. Okay. I forget what it's called. Colony, I think. Oh, that was a show. Yeah, that's right. I watched a a half a dozen episodes, Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe four. I don't know. But uh, yeah, she was on that show, I guess, for its entire run. She was a main character. I guess that show's over. I didn't hear that it ended, but I can't imagine it's still going. (laughs) (laughs) Can't can't imagine it's going. It must have been really good. (laughs) It wasn't that great. All right. Well, I don't know what Lori's been doing, um, but she's coming back for the boys, and I think that's awesome. Shit, I got to finish season two. Oh, do you ever, man? That show's so good. Yeah. So good. It's that free, it's that, it's that weird conundrum that I get into where I want to give it its due. I want to pay attention to it because it's, it's good and it deserves to have your full attention. Uh I do not have time to pay attention to that many things, uh, you know, individually. You know, so if I'm working and I have some time where I can sit in a room and throw something on in the background, it has to be stupid. It can't be interesting because then I won't work. Right. And it can't have a car chase because then I get, it gets aggravating. So I can't watch action-based things, but I can watch the shit out of Law & Order, which I've been doing a lot of lately. <laughs> I started at the beginning. I'm on season 11. Uh there are 20 seasons and I'm all, I'm more, more than halfway done. My God. Law and order. My God. That's right. There's a lot of law and order, but it's nice because you can totally miss like 30 minutes of that show and it does not matter because <laughs> you have a pretty good idea what's going on and it's not about the plot. It's just about having something on that is comforting. Perfect background viewing, I guess. Yes. Okay. Well, don't and do then that. I've got Law and Order SVU, which has twenty seasons. Jesus, and I'm going to start. I'm going to start that as soon as this one's over. Okay, well, don't do that with the boys. You do need to make time to sit down and watch the boys, and there are lots. And that's of shows. why I never watched Daredevil because it was so good, uh, and I was I wanted to give it its due, but now it's too late. It just it doesn't feel uh, like it's worth it anymore. So I, hear you. I think I it's 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 definitely a roadblock for me on some shows and it's the reason I haven't watched, uh, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, it's the reason I haven't watched anything about Loki yet because, you know, I want to pay attention to that stuff, but I don't have time to do that. And it's the reason why I haven't watched the boys. I was the reason I haven't watched, uh, there's another show with Kate Winslet in it now. Oh yeah, TV Mayor, show. Is that the Mayor of Easttown? Is that the one? That's with the her? one. I've yeah. watched a, watched a couple of episodes. I really like it. Yep. I might not never watch it again. I fucking love the show, oh. but I might never watch it again because I'm stuck in this conundrum. Okay. It's got to be a show like friggin' uh, uh, Better Call Saul, right? Better Call Saul is the kind of show where you 
you make the time. You clear shit out of the way in order to pay attention to it. It's like, no, Jasper, I'm not paying attention to you right now. Go sit in the closet. <laughs> Better call Saul's on. Can't you see I'm that? watching Better Call Saul, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. Well, somehow you need to get out of this because you're missing too much good TV and uh, you're, you're just going to get so far behind on everything. There'll be no way to catch up. I mean, you didn't even mention Handmaid's Tale. You got to watch that. I'm- there's uh, I've watched the first two seasons of that. Right. Well, there's two more now. I know. Yeah. I'm. It's a problem. Okay. It's a problem, which is why I'm saying that I don't watch trailers anymore. And if I miss a movie here and there, it's not the end of the world to me. I think I'm at a point in my life where I could miss a significant movie here and there. And, you know, I'm, it's not going to be stressful for me. Well, that's good. See, I feel like if I missed a, uh, an MCU movie, it would be stressful for me. I'm pretty sure I didn't see Thor The Dark World until like years after it came out. And remember I had to, I redid, rewatched everything in preparation for uh, Captain Marvel. Was that the one, Captain Marvel? It was Captain Marvel. I started at the beginning and Uh watched everything and I timed it so that I would be able to watch Captain Marvel at that point. And when I went, went to watch Thor The Dark World, I'm like, I've never seen this before. This is weird. Which is funny now because the Thor movies, the third, second and third Thor movies, play a bigger part in more of these characters' stories than you would think, actually. And I, I just find that interesting because I didn't think those second and third Thor movies... I mean, Ragnarok was, was pretty good, but the second one, which was The Dark World, yeah, I had trouble remembering I had ever seen that one either, even though I did. When we watched it on our timeline viewing... Yeah. It just felt like this was not important at all. But now with all this other medium and the a show about Loki, like these things are playing in more. And are they? Yeah. Marvel does a really good job with that. Uh, I just wanted to say before we move on, though, you haven't seen Falcon and Winter Soldier. So that doesn't upset me too much. If you're going to pay attention to a show, though, make it Loki. It deserves more attention. And demands it, I think. My attention is a limited commodity at the moment. And it's annoying, yes, but I, it's something I have to live with. And and maybe over the next few weeks, uh, things will be a little bit better with Jasper going to day camp uh, starting on Monday. So, yes. you know, I'll be able to work when it's time to work. And then uh, when it's time to, you know, when there's family time, I'll do family time and then Maybe I'll have some free time after that instead of just going, oh, fuck it, I'm going to bed. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, you get your shit sorted out because you're missing a lot of TV. Right. And that is it for the news. Uh, Let's move on into some listener feedback. What do you say? Cool, cool, cool. Listener feedback. All righty. So our first email here comes from Chris in the UK. He wrote a long email, as he often does. So I took out some chunks here. The first one is about Strand, and Chris writes, Contrary to Chris's perspective, meaning mine, I actually found the Strand stuff the least compelling of the episode. I was pretty bored by most of it. That said, if they are setting up Strand to be the big bad next year, I'll consider these steps worth taking. I think they sort of have to do that, by the way. They can't just be setting him up to be someone whose loyalties are ambiguous. He's been that way since he was introduced. As for the building he went to, I assumed it was somewhere we already knew, but apparently it wasn't. 
it would have been uh, it would have made more sense if Strand had been looking for a building big enough to have a substantial basement, but he went upstairs, not down. Hmm. So it is what it is. I I thought the Strand stuff was interesting just because it was albeit a simple one it was he was really the only character i thought that kind of reckoned with his character traits a little bit and uh it the fact that he survived the nuclear blast is what changed him and what seems to have changed him into embracing the dark strand and uh we'll see how that plays out next season but you know the building thing i agree it seems sort of silly he just shows up in a random building doesn't go into the basement to take cover goes up to the top floor where it's all glass windows well, he was being chased by zombies at that point, right? Yeah. I mean, he was trying to get into the building, and then the only way to go was up, and then the only way to go was up, and the only way to go was up, and then, hey, there's a guy there. Yeah. And, oh, look, a nuclear explosion out the window. Let's watch. <laughs> Let's watch. <laughs> Don't cover your eyes or turn away or anything. Yeah. Or, you know. You know. Well, I guess they expected to die, right? It's just like, okay, this, you know, it's the end of the world as yeah. we know it, and I feel fine. He sure did. Now, Chris goes on about Dakota. And he says, I think we have to be fair. Most people have wanted Dakota dead and they went pretty much as big as you can possibly go in that department. (laughs) True. She got to choose her own way out, but I don't think she died content. Resigned to her fate, possibly, but she was pretty broken. As for JD Sr. and June forgiving her, I don't think we necessarily have to believe they really did. Not that they were lying necessarily, but it's one thing to say the words and quite another to really have dealt with all the emotions. JD Sr. in particular was much more focused on taking down Teddy and turning Dakota against him. Why would he care about that? Well, his pursuit of Teddy was important enough to to him to make him leave his wife and child. I think it's pretty well established that he is obsessed on this point. Could he subsume his love for his son in pursuit of Teddy? Sure, he's already done it. June could just have been following Senior's lead. Um, so, you know, some thoughts on on them forgiving uh, Teddy or Dakota. I still think it's weird that they, in the face of nuclear explosion, followed them there to forgive them and do all that kind of stuff. And I guess... If John Dory Sr. was obsessed with doing this, it just kind of feels like it's out of nowhere to me, but that's partly because the character shows up out of nowhere after all this time, right? Yeah, but, you know, didn't he state his objectives at the beginning, saying, I'm going to kill you kind of thing? Yeah, he did. He did. So that was a lie or, because it just kind of, uh, it drives home the point that it came out of nowhere, right? I'm going to kill you. I'm hunting you. I'm pursuing you. I've been been pursuing you for years. I'm going to kill you. Uh, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. I forgive you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, because of the, there's going to be a nuclear explosion right. above our heads. Oh, well, I guess I will survive because uh, there's an eighth of an inch of uh, steel, uh, you know, That'll protect me. Well, if I go down this hole. Well, I mean, the the hole could have been pretty deep. It is supposed to be a bunker. So we don't, we never saw inside that bunker. In fact, the fact that they're in there and they're protected doesn't bother me. It's everything else leading up to it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, anyways, I, yeah, I, the, the scene just didn't really do much for me. It didn't land. I, I'm still not totally on board with John Dory senior on this show, but, um, I don't have it in front of me, but one of the showrunners was asked about 
John Dory Sr. and basically said that he is going to play a bigger role next season, season seven. So he's sticking around and it seems to me like really he was written in as a replacement for John Dory Jr. who, you know, Garrett Dillahunt wanted to leave the show. I guess the, you know, they can't force him to stay, but what they can do is introduce a character that's the same, basically a replacement. <laughs> you know? He even has the same name. He even we'll make has him the a sharpshooter. Well, he has the same name. He's also a cop. He's hanging around with June. Uh, yeah, it's it's a direct, uh, you know, lift out, lift in totally. uh, situation. It's, it's a component part that they've uh, simply swapped out. Yep, absolutely. And Plug and play. Yeah, and I don't know if I'm on board with that. All right, so finally, Chris wrote something else here. He said, uh, interesting side note, on the subject of watching a nuclear explosion, my uncle served in the British Navy in the 50s, and he was on a ship where the UK were conducting nuclear tests on various islands. He witnessed at least one full-on nuke, mushroom cloud and all. The precautions they took were, one, being a, quote, safe distance. <laughs> Two, they were told to stand on the far side of the ship from the explosion. <laughs> I'm sure the extra few meters made all the difference. Yeah. And three, they were told to wear sunglasses or close their eyes. My uncle is still with us and appears entirely unaffected by the experience. Wow. <laughs> so that's crazy. It's like, you know what, guys? The nuke's going to go off over there. So stand on that side of the boat. You'll be safer. <laughs> <laughs> Seems so silly. <laughs> Don't forget your sunglasses. And if you're going to look right at it, at least wear the sunglasses. <laughs> right. Anyways, thank you for that, Chris. I thought that was an amusing anecdote. And I'm happy to hear that your uncle is indeed still with us. So Yeah, that is good. Good for him. Okay, Carol on the internet writes, One of y'all was confused about why Teddy was in jail. And I decided it was because he was, uh, and decided it was because he was a cult leader. You may recall that John Dory Sr. had been tracking him and planted evidence to put the Tedster in jail. He is known as the mortician and was a serial killer. Now, that's not to say he doesn't give off the creepy cult leader vibe. He does, especially when dealing with young girls like Dakota and Alicia. But I believe the serial killing is why he was in prison. Right. So that was, that was there in the show. I just sort of moved on from it, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Serial killing is, is definitely one good way to get yourself into prison. And it wasn't just because of his cult leading tendencies. Yes and no. I mean, there's, uh, you know, a staggering number of, uh, estimated actual serial killers still at large. Like out there. Why? I mean. Doing stuff. Okay. And they don't get caught on a lot, a lot of times. The only time, you know, uh, Ed Kempler, Kempler, Kemper. Okay. Uh, the the co-ed killer, he killed a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, university students. Uh, the only reason he was caught, well, he wasn't, he turned himself in. He's like, yeah, nobody's going to catch me and I feel bad about this. So I'm just going to turn myself in. And he did. My God. How about this for a resume? I just Googled the guy and like the first sentence of his Wikipedia page is Edmund Emil Kemper third is an American serial killer serial rapist, cannibal, and necrophile who murdered 10 people, including his paternal grandparents and mother. That's not a very yeah. nice guy. Jesus. Uh, well, he killed his grandparents when he was underage. So he, uh, you know, he went away for that for a little while. Uh, and then he uh, ended up killing his mom and uh, having sex with her severed head. 
I don't know if I want to read about this guy. The second sentence is, he is noted for his height of six feet, nine inches, and for his high intellect, possessing an IQ of 145. He's fucking huge, and he's very smart, and uh, you should watch, uh, what's that show that I liked a lot? Uh, Law and Order? Mind Hunter. Oh my God, Mind Hunter. Okay. Uh, Ed Kemper, Kemper. Kempler? Kemper. Kemper. Uh, plays a big part in the first season of that, and he's, it's fucking great. Wow. Uh, you should watch that show, and that guy is friggin' weird. And he, nobody would have caught him. If he hadn't have turned himself in, uh, nobody would have caught him. And there's probably a staggering number of serial killers out there right now that nobody will ever catch. Well, I don't want to think about that. No, so when you say, you know, being a, Serial killer is a good way to get put in prison. It's not. All right. Uh, generally speaking, sorry, Chris, but it's not. Well, there goes my plan for the rest of my life. Well, you know, serial killers are so hard to catch because a lot of them uh, pick people at random to kill, right? Whereas mm-hmm. if you go and, you know, murder someone you know, uh, you know when the police look at a murder, uh, when they're investigating a murder, the first thing they do is they go look at the spouse, right? Yep. So if if a woman dies, you don't find her spouse, and that there's a real good chance that that person is the killer. <laughs> so, well, that's pretty sad, but it's but true. But if you yeah. pick people at random, you know it's hard to track that down. Mm-hmm. I guess so. so. All right. Well, no serial killing for me then. Yeah, sadly, it's not in the cards for you, Chris. No. All right. Uh, Carol, our listener had one more thing to say. She said, I also believe that Dakota has been vaporized and cannot reanimate as a zombie. Once she turned to ash, it follows that the shock wave would scatter her ashes into oblivion where she belongs. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, uh, there you go. Dakota ain't coming back. Not that I thought she was. You know, that wouldn't have worked for, uh, Deadpool. Deadpool would have survived that. Yeah, but Dakota's not Deadpool. Not no, as... he's not, she's not Deadpool, but, uh, you know, the fact that just a nuclear explosion scattering, turning someone to ash and then scattering them around, uh, for most people, that's fatal. <laughs> for most people, yeah. Usually. For Deadpool, not so much. <laughs> not he just, so much. you know, eventually the pieces will find each other and uh, he'll reconstitute. Well, Dakota ain't no Deadpool. She's dead. No. All right, here's a call from Scott. Hi, Jason. Hi, Chris. This is Scott from Arkansas uh, calling in with a, a couple of thoughts after having listened to your podcast about the season finale of Fear the Walking Dead. I want to address Jason specifically on this because of the issue with the baby and how you almost rage quit the show as a result. Um, I get it. I'm a dad. I've got three kids. However, all three of my kids are more or less grown by now, whereas I understand Jasper is still very, very young, and his infancy is still very near in your mind and, you know, uh, wasn't but just a few years ago. And so as a father of a newborn, I would have been bothered more by it. I don't want to sound like you get jaded as your kids get older, although that can happen. But I think that when your kids are older, Maybe it doesn't hit as hard when you see something like that in a show or a movie. But this is The Walking Dead. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. It's supposed to be dark. Um, that's that's part of why I like it. I mean, I can accept the fact that this is fiction. The baby's not really being put in real peril here. But I'd like to reference Stephen King in this moment. Um, 
if you don't mind if I spoil the book Cujo that came out in the 70s. And the book ends differently from the movie. Uh, in the book, you've got the mother and the son trapped in the car in the sweltering heat, and they're getting dehydrated, but if they open the door, the rabid killer dog is going to get them. And the father is desperately trying to find them. And in the book, the child dies. Now, when I read the book the first time, when I got to the part where the child dies, I threw the goddamn book down the ground and said, F you, Stephen King. And then as I sat there thinking about it a few minutes, I thought, Stephen King, you brilliant SOB. He made me get so invested in this family, and he caused me to have a strong emotional reaction because of this child. And I finished the book, and the book managed to pull off somewhat of a happy ending anyway because the father and the mother were on the verge of divorce, and because of their sadness, they had to grow together to kind of overcome their grief, and it renewed their relationship somewhat. And I think, if I remember correctly, they were pregnant with another child on the way. So I look at the deal with the baby being put in peril like that. Uh, Rachel, I believe, was the mother's name, the character on the show. So I think she was experiencing a situation where human drive, you're a mother of a child, you know the end is coming, you know there's no hope, but you hope against hope. You're trying desperately to get as far away as you can before the sake of your child. You have a flat tire. Shit, okay, all right, let's try to fix this flat tire as quickly, quickly as we can. And all of a sudden, terrible accident, your leg is broken. You splint it and try to grit through the pain and you try to walk away. You know you're not going to make it, but you're still, you're trying to get your baby as far away. You're just trying to save your child because it's it's your instinct that you're born to do. I mean, she realizes the pain is too much. She cannot physically go on any further. So she lays there. Either her and the child are going to get eaten by a zombie, or she's going to die and turn into a zombie and eat the child, or really the nuclear blast is going to get them before anything else could happen. So in desperation last-ditch move. What can I do? If I gag myself, put the baby on my back, go ahead and kill myself now so I can quickly turn into a zombie, hopefully before the nuclear blast hits us, and then let this dog lead us, maybe, just maybe, we'll find help. Stupid, ridiculous idea, but I can see it happening. I can see it happening because it's human nature to do everything you can, hope against hope, to try to protect your child. So, I didn't have that big a problem with it. That's my two cents worth. Guys, again, I love the podcast. Keep up the good work. I'll be back for fear season seven you know so i can listen to you guys again and hopefully they do a better job i can't wait till the main show comes back in august uh so keep up the good work thanks bye all right thank you scott that was a little bit longer call than usual but uh i wanted to play it because scott was addressing your feelings directly jason but also two things number one i appreciate the phrase hope against hope i i actually googled that because i and i know that makes me sound like a moron but it's it's just sort of the idea of hoping for something despite the fact that it is extremely unlikely you know like retaining hope in the face of immense adversity which i i thought was good and that was kind of one of the things that was going on in this scene and then the other thing was the the Stephen King referenced Cujo that Scott makes. I've never read Cujo the book, so I didn't really know about that, but um, I thought you might appreciate it because I have a feeling you probably have read it. I have not read it, but I do have an interesting story about it uh, and about it. Uh, the spoiler that, uh, that he mentioned. Uh, my mom was a Stephen King. I got my uh, Stephen King uh, novel reading from my mom. My mom read a lot of Stephen King when I was younger, and she was reading Cujo one day, and this was, you know, like you said, in the 70s. Yep. So I was about uh, eight or nine when uh, 
when my mom was reading this, maybe the early 80s, and she was just reading it, and I decided to just throw something at her to uh, pretend spoil the book. I didn't know anything about Cujo other than it was about a dog. And uh, I just, I looked at her, I said, the boy dies. <laughs> and she's like, what? Like, I, you know, the book, the end of the book, the boy dies. And she has never forgiven me for that because I spoiled that book for her, even though I was just making a joke and nice. it turned out to be true. Nice one. So the, yeah, nice one. So I'm, I'm the asshole in that situation. <laughs> I was just trying to make a joke. I didn't know it was true. So the spoiler of that book and the fact that the, a young, a young boy dies in that, in that book. Uh, yeah, I spoiled that book for my mom and I feel, I felt bad about that for fucking 40 years now. Well, I walked your mom down the aisle at your wedding. She probably likes me more than you at this point. She, she might, <laughs> uh, I think she may have forgiven me because I'm her, you know, her loving son. Yes, of course. But I have not forgiven myself. Oh, I fair. still feel bad about that. Uh, and you know, every once in a while I can see the future. Like I remember my boss one time I was working at an entertainment agency and she, uh, she came in and she said, I've been looking for my passport for like three days and I got to get on a plane. I don't know. I don't know where it is. Do you have any idea where it is? I said, did you check your glove box? You know, just out of randomness. Uh, did you check your glove box? Turns out that's what a goddamn passport was. She put it in her glove box. Cool. For some reason. So she's always thanked me for that. Uh, kind of thing. So every once in a while I can see the future, but I got to be, I got be careful with it. You should don't predict the future when it's an inappropriate time. And oddly enough, I have not read Cujo, but it's not a bad idea. Yeah. So maybe I, I'll go back and, and watch it. Not, read not, it. Not a terrible idea. A any other, any other thoughts on that, that baby scene at the beginning of the episode after hearing what Scott had to say though? The point of view, Scott, that was a good point of view and it does make it better. Like, cause you know, ha having that kind of hope against hope, uh, you know, looking at it in a, in a positive light rather than fucking the baby dies kind of thing. It's, uh, and it works out in the end, you know, right. she dies, she becomes a zombie. She becomes a, uh, a zombie carriage for the baby, basically mm -hmm. right? a pram. So she, you know, wanders around the world and the dog finding people because the dog is good at finding people and running away from the zombie and the zombie being tethered to the dog and the zombie carrying the baby, it all worked out in the end. So genius. I feel better about it now with a little bit of perspective and a little bit of advice. I think I'm okay. And I'm glad at this moment that I didn't rage quit the show. It's, it's a, it's a traumatic scene, no matter what, right? Like it's a horrible, horrible situation to be in, but as you said, it all works out in the end, however unlikely. Yeah. Know? So yeah. hope against hope. Now, continuing along those lines, Trucker Chris from the internet wrote in and he says, did you happen to notice the Rufus the Dog ripoff scene from the Netflix zombie movie Cargo? Rufus as the bait for zombie Rachel to keep Rachel and her cargo of baby Morgan moving towards people. Geez, talk about lazy writing, as this was an outright ripoff of the premise of Cargo, which had almost the exact same thing. So, Jason, this is true. Yeah. I remember when I was watching this, I got this feeling that this scene was familiar, but I kind of moved on to the next stuff without looking into it. But it is very, very similar to Cargo. Now, Cargo was originally an Australian short film, and the 
basic plot of that is very similar to this. Uh, there's a zombie apocalypse. A guy is stuck with a baby. He's bit. He knows he's going to die. So he puts the baby on his back and he like hangs a, I think he hangs a piece of meat off a stick in front of him. And so he ends up turning into a zombie walking trying to get the meat, which he never gets to, but carries the baby with him on his back and eventually someone finds him, right? And the baby is saved. Um, they made a 2017 full-length remake of this film called Cargo and it starred Martin Freeman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember that and I remember refusing to see that because of that situation. Okay, that's interesting because I knew for sure that we talked about the full-length version on the podcast. So I went back through the archives, and sure enough, on episode 386 in July of 2018, we reviewed Cargo. But guess who wasn't on that episode? You. <laughs> uh, oh, that was, uh, that was, what was the date? It was July of 2018. So it, it was what? long after Jasper was born. I guess the reason you weren't on is because you didn't want to watch the movie which I didn't realize yeah. until right now. Oh yeah, no, I refuse to watch that movie. I can't, uh, I, I wouldn't have watched that, especially in 2018, there's no way. Yeah, so Christina filled in, her and I talked about it, and then we had our friends Kim and Scott from the Fear Me podcast on to chat about it as well. So there were four of us on there that week talking about Martin Freeman and Cargo. Um, so interesting, if, you're, if you wanted to hear us talk about that, you can go back and check that out. Uh, but I... I didn't know why you weren't on until just now. I thought maybe for some reason you couldn't make it that week. <laughs> no, no, baby's in peril. Well, there you go. It was way worse then than it is now. Now it's toddlers in peril. Sure. Totally different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, it is, this scene was very similar to that. So I don't think there's any way that the showrunners could claim that they weren't at least influenced by this a little bit because it is just too similar. I assume they've seen either the short film or the full-length version. I don't really know, but it is awfully similar. So if you were a big fan of that scene, go check out Cargo, because I remember liking... <laughs> it's funny, I remember the short Australian... The short version... Oh, I can't talk. The short version better, um, yeah. or I remember it better, and I do remember enjoying it. So at least maybe go check that out if you think you'd be into it. And I don't know if you're ready yet, Jason, but maybe maybe someday. No, I've moved on. Okay. I'm not going to go back and watch it. Mike in Cumbria, England wrote, and he said, I consider myself a zombie nut. I love most things zombie. However, maybe I am sinning, but I find Fear the Walking Dead far superior to the Walking Dead original series. I hate Morgan's silly rants about saving people at all costs. It's not realistic. It's arrogant and very egocentric. Same with the others when they go on these ego-fueled rants about how much of a difference they are making and how important they are. I do, however, love the sets, love the scenery, love the action. Fear the Walking Dead feels like Tigger. It's all bouncy, bouncy, fun, 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 fun. Whereas the Walking Dead is Eeyore, the donkey. Such a drag. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I totally agree, Mike, uh, but I enjoy the analogy to uh, Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So there you go. Alrighty, let's do a couple more here. We've got a call from Daniel in Worcestershire, England. Oh, I've just, I'm fear of walking dead. I've just realized why I kept with it. I've listened to your podcast and it's just because of you two guys. 
I love your podcast so much that I watch Fear the Walking Dead. Not because the show's any good, but I love listening to you talk about it. Even when it's awful, it's fun listening to you two say how awful it is. And when it's good, I love how shocked you are that it's good. Thanks, guys. See you later. Keep it going. Well, thank you, Daniel. I don't know how I feel about uh, us being, us watching and covering a show that induces shock when it's good. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) Is it? Yeah, it's fine. Like I said, if when it's good, it's entertaining. When it's bad, we'll be a support group. Yeah, that's fair, I guess. And I know a lot of people really, really didn't like season six, but I thought it was so much of an improvement for the most part over season five. And fair, that's not saying much, but, you know, it was still better. I mean, it's trending in the right direction quality-wise. I thought everything up until like the last three episodes was actually pretty decent. And then the last three, they kind of didn't quite nail it. But, you know, it wasn't season five. That was just god awful and almost made me want to stop covering it. Now, when you say you know a lot of people that didn't like season five or what have you, do you mean you know people that didn't like this or you know that people didn't like it? Uh, A little bit of both, to be honest. I did listen to... Um, our friends, Jason and, uh, his co-host Lucy talk about the season finale on their podcast and like, they both pretty much hated it. They didn't like the season overall. And frankly, listening to them kind of made me like it a little less because everything they said made so much sense about how bad it was. And I had to, I had to acknowledge that. So I know they didn't like it, but in general, you know, people didn't really like it that's that's kind of a known thing too so i would say both okay well i'm just i'm curious because other than you i don't know anybody who watches the walking (laughs) personally i don't know anybody who watches it not even the main show not the main show not nothing not friends not family not co-workers it's been years since i talked to anybody who watched the show and the last report i've got from people who did watch the show stopped watching it when negan killed uh yeah, I know. I know many people like that too. I, even my wife doesn't watch it anymore. She fell off and that was just too much for her. Yeah. My, so. Same with my wife, but my wife watches The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. So, you know, no accounting for taste. <laughs> Can't right? trust her for anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Although though. she did finish watch, just finished watching The Wire and she, uh, she, it's one of those things where she kind of wishes she never saw it because mm-hmm. she wants to watch it again for the first time. She loved it so much. It's a good show. I still have that ahead of me because I've never watched The Wire. Maybe you I'll... should. I thought it would might have been uh, uh, too old, too out outdated at this point. But I watched a few episodes with her, and shit, that show is still fan fucking fantastic. All right. Well, maybe someday. I do know there's a guy who lives across the street from me who's a big Walking Dead guy. Every time we bump e- into each other outside, if there's been a new episode, he wants to ask me about it. So I do nice. know I do know that guy. <laughs> Okay, that's uh, good. Hi, Jeff, if you're listening. Uh, all right, one more email here. Andy in the rainy UK says, thanks for covering another season of the show. This is actually the first of any season of The Walking Dead shows I've not watched. I just use you guys and a four-minute recap video off YouTube to keep me up to date. Unfortunately, 
I just can't bear to watch 45 minutes of this show a week anymore. I still enjoy you guys talking about shows, though, so I may I please request in this offseason you guys give Loki a try. Only two episodes in, but I think it's going to be a good one, and leads the MCU into the multiverse storyline. I know you guys don't want to take ma- uh, many other shows on, but it would be great to hear you discussing a show that was actually good <laughs> instead of these Walking <laughs> Dead shows. Um, well, thank you, Andy. I've seen uh, the first three episodes of Loki. There are only six. Jason hasn't yet. You know, if he does get around to watching them, I could see maybe a, a little discussion on it, but we'll have to see. I'm not sure where we're going to go over the next few weeks as we lead into August. I could, I could, I could make an effort. Yeah. I don't know. The other thing about this is watching Loki. I'll, I'll say right now, I think it's great. I really am enjoying it, but I, I must admit, I find the whole multiverse thing with the MCU a little bit intimidating, to be honest. I don't know. I don't feel like I have enough background on it or understand enough about it and where it comes from within, you know, the Marvel universe to really do it justice if we talk about it or to talk about it in any in-depth way. And maybe that's is okay, it, but I don't know. Is it just the concept of a multiverse or is it the Marvel Cinematic Universe multiverse? It's more the Marvel Cinematic Universe multiverse, yeah. That's what I don't feel confident talking about, and I feel like you would need to to discuss this show. But maybe there's an angle where we come at it from that a position of ignorance and see what the show does for us, you know, not knowing anything about the MCMU or whatever. That's not what they call it though. The Marvel MCU multiverse. No, not yet. Unless I just coined it, the Marvel cinematic multiverse universe, the MCMVU. <laughs> well, I hope so because, uh, you know, the Marvel cinematic universe multiverse is also MCOM, right? Which is probably not the best acronym. <laughs> Oh my God. I'm glad you were here to point that out. <laughs> M-C-U-M. Okay. Yeah. Maybe not the best acronym. <laughs> so maybe they should call it something else. All right. Well, we'll work on that. <laughs> it's not up to me. Yeah. No, I'd probably stick with that. Really? <laughs> if I had a choice. Sure. sure. Why not? Uh, anyways, maybe we'll talk about some Loki. Uh, here's the other thing. We had... More than one person, Jason, write in saying that we should cover Black Summer again. Uh, Here's the thing about Black Summer. Season two just came on to Netflix. You and I talked about a couple episodes of season one back on podcast number 432 when it first came out. I remember thinking it was okay. I don't think you liked it very much, and neither of us continued watching it and finished season one. Although I did watch a few more episodes after that. I never finished the first season. So now if we were going to watch season two, I'm not sure how to handle it. People are saying it's good and that it's up our alleys. And of course we talk about zombies all the time. So it does make a certain amount of sense, but I think, you know, I would have to go back and finish the first season first and then do season two. I don't have any memory of that show at the moment. Can you refresh my memory? What's it about? Black Summer, uh, Fast Zombies. And, oh, it starred the first episode. I forget her name, but she was somebody. <laughs> that doesn't help, I know. But uh, <laughs> no, we, I think we watched the first two, first two episodes. 
All it. right, let me see what I've got going on here. All I'm saying is a number of people suggested this for us to do during the off season. I just, I just can't bring myself to like, it does make sense to me to start in season two. I would have to finish season one first and maybe we do that. And then maybe we talk about season two, uh, but that's going to take a little bit of time to get ourselves organized. Nope. I got nothing. I don't recall this. Okay. Well, it was number 432. It was only about a hundred episodes ago, <laughs> but I get it. We've done 537 now. So it, they all start to blend together back then. Well, it's not the, you know, the episode in particular, I don't remember doing because there's probably lots of those. It's this black summer television show. I don't have any memory of watching any of it. Interesting. All right. Well, we will think about it, everyone. I, I don't know. We do need to do something over the next uh, couple of months before the walking dead comes back. So maybe black Summer's a good, uh, a good choice there because I, I did think I didn't think the first, what I saw of the first season was that bad. I actually enjoyed watching it. I just ran out of time or got distracted or something like that. And, uh, we moved on, but maybe I'll have to go back. So we'll think about it. Maybe we'll cover some black summer, but I appreciate everyone asking. And, you know, if you have something else you want us to watch or, or chat, chat about, just send that in as well. We love getting recommendations from people, mm-hmm. from people. All right. That is it for the listener feedback and pretty much it for the podcast, everyone. Just before we go, I do want to send out a thank you to a new listener who has recently become a patron at patreon.com slash the talking dead. And that is Eliza L who recently joined. So thank you so much, Eliza, for doing that. Very much appreciate that. If you would like to become a patron and support this podcast in, in a small way, uh, or a really big way. I mean, we love those, you know, thousand dollar a week patrons. Those are, those are really great, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, if you want to do that, you can hit that URL, uh, talking dead, uh, slash the talking dead and, uh, join our Patreon. I must admit, I do wish I was a little better at Patreon because there's lots of bonus stuff we could do for patrons. I just, I just have never put the effort into figuring that out and then, you know, <laughs> talking to you about recording more podcasts or whatever. So right. maybe that's something we should, we should talk about, but I, I don't know. I do wish I was better at it, but regardless, thank you so much to everyone who is a patron of this show. Very, very much appreciate that. If that's not something that you want to do, but you want to support us, you can also make a one-time contribution via PayPal by going to talkingdeadpodcast.com slash PayPal to do that. And of course, any five-star ratings or reviews you want to post on Apple Podcasts or other podcasting platforms, very much appreciated as well. So thank you so much to everyone who listens and supports the show. All right. That is going to do it for this podcast, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you would like to get in touch with us or send in any comments or suggestions or feedback or whatever, you can do that by visiting the website and hitting send voicemail, the send voicemail link at the top, which will allow you to record a message and send it right into us. You can also fire emails to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash talkingdead where I post all these episodes and occasionally news. And sometimes there's some good discussion going on over there. All right. Thank you so much, everyone. In a couple of weeks, we will be back with another podcast 
about something, maybe Black Summer, but I don't know. I haven't decided yet. We'll have to think about it. Uh, But we look forward to seeing you then. Until then, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks so much for listening. Ciao.